Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. We have an amazing episode today about your biggest asset. We want to be amazing leaders. We want to be effective. We want to partner with God with the work that he's doing in our life. We want to have just an incredible thriving marriage and relationships and parenting our children. I mean, there's just so much that all of us are, you know, thinking about. We're going, you know, as we look at the next year ahead, we're looking at, you know, Somebody asked me a question uh, yesterday, which I loved. I'm going to be journaling on. And if you look back, what would make the next year of your life the most significant year that you've ever had? And I thought that was such a great question. And I don't have a quick answer, so I'm going to be sitting there. But I have to tell everybody, there's been a journey that I've been on. Six months ago, a friend of mine was diagnosed with a uh, what could be a terminal kidney condition, and he read a book called Outlive by a gentleman called Dr. Peter Batia, and he said, John, you have to read this book. And it's a book about education around dementia, cardiac, cancer, diabetes. It's not prescriptive, but I read this book, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I am 57 years old, and God has put this huge vision in front of me and this race to run. And you know what? I am not in the condition I need to be. So I went and got a full physical and I had them do some extra tests around my heart and blood sugar and some other things. And what came back, I got to tell you, folks, it was really concerning. What I realized is everything because, you know, I've been seeing the same doctor and I'm looking at the blood tests from my blood chemistry, my uh, cholesterols to blood sugars and everything was trending the wrong direction. So for the first time I was diagnosed, I had a, they wanted me to start taking a statin. I was pre-diabetic and I had some other things. And I said, you know what? I've been talking about losing weight forever. I probably lost a thousand pounds. And you know what? I have to change my entire relationship and my understanding of rest, nutrition, exercise, and how that relates to my emotional, mental, spiritual health. Because it's 100% connected, and it's all in Scripture, and God opened some incredible doors for me. And i got to tell you, so in the last six months, now I'm down almost 30 pounds. All my blood chemistry is completely fixed. I don't need to be on any medications right now. And i got to tell you, this has been so important to me, and I think as leaders, I asked my friend Michelle Spadafora to come on and talk about this. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Hey there, John, and everyone else. Good to be here. So if you guys might recognize the last name Spadafora, everybody here, you've heard me talk about my incredible friend, my mentor, my coach, Jeff Spadafora, and the role that he's had in my life. And Jeff and Michelle are married, and Michelle is definitely the amazing, well, you're both amazing, but Michelle, you're like, you know, you're like a little more amazing. Can I say that? That's okay. It's a, okay, I'll go. You can go with that, John. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so Jeff and Michelle have incredible hearts, but Michelle has, this is an area, what we're talking about here is not only an area of passion, but of ministry that's gone global with Michelle. She founded uh, Faithful Workouts, and you guys can check out faithfulworkouts.com. There's so many incredible free resources. We're going to be talking more about this. Uh, but you and Jeff, Michelle, you've been married 30 years. You have three amazing kids. I know all your kids, and they're just awesome. Uh, you live in this beautiful place up in the mountain with dogs. And I love what you said. You eat healthy 80% of the time. But you know what? You still have a great meal, glass of wine, and you enjoy French fries, which I was like, this is awesome. Michelle is human. Uh, but we're going to be talking about how do we do some of these things, though, like in balance, if that makes sense. But I got to tell you, you know, Michelle, what I love is you're, you're, you, what you have focused on is through faithful workouts. You're helping, especially women in the second half of their life, I know that's a big focus of faithful workouts, is to reach their goals physically, but more importantly, how do you do that in a way that grows your faith, brings people closer to God, to their Father, to know that they're loved through this journey? And I'm honestly really kind of experiencing that myself for the, the first time because of a shift in my mindset. But Michelle, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about kind of how you had this realization that this link between the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual is just so real and so apparent. Yeah. 
Well, you know, um, I started teaching, it's crazy to say it now, 39 years ago, almost to the day I started teaching um, workout classes. And back in 1984, I, it was all, I was teaching really just because it was about me. I wanted to be on the stage. I did not know Jesus. So there was nothing to do about trying to help people in their spiritual journey. And when I was 40, I came to know the love and truth of Jesus. And it just like, it made sense to me. And I was like, okay, if this is true, this is going to change my life. And because I'm an includer, I wanted it to change a lot of other lives. And so I was just talking with God one day saying like, it's just really hard to get people into church, but I want them to know you. And in this little whisper, I heard, um, take me to your fitness platform. And I was working in a club up here in Evergreen and where I live, about 7% of people go to church on any given Sunday. And so I was in the workout room and I just started to play some Christian music. I started talking a little bit more about, you know, my faith. I asked them questions that I wish I had thought about years ago. And it just became such a natural fit. It felt like, God, here I am. I've got an opportunity to help these people with their physical health. What a perfect opportunity to also bring in the spiritual health. So I was so glad that God kind of, he put it on my mind. It wasn't like I had this plan. I feel like he put it in my heart. And then um, in 2009, it's an amazing story, but somehow we ended up on TV. And um, we started with our exercise show on the National Religious Broadcasting Network, which aired on DirecTV and many others. And then we also now have a cooking show. But you know, I'm in an industry where there's about a 5% success rate. People who want to lose weight and keep it off, there's about a 5% success rate. And I felt like in my pre-Jesus teaching years, there was very little long-term success. And now I'm seeing when people are realizing the connection between the spiritual and the physical and also emotional, mental, all of that, we're just seeing a lot more success because God is there to help us. He wants us to care for the body he's given us. But so seldom as followers of Jesus, do we really go and say, God, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. And that's one of the things that I, I really start with at Faithful Workouts. It's um, quickly just the ABCs of fitness. And it's A, ask God for help. B, believe that he can actually help you. I don't know about you, but sometimes I throw up a prayer, not really thinking, you know, that he can do anything, but I'm like, at least I prayed, at least I asked. But no, you have to really believe that with God's help, you can do all things. And then C, we need to check our motives. God, it says, you know, he cares about our motives. So if you're trying to make these changes in your physical health, so you, the sole reason to look better, so people will think highly of you and all that, I don't know if he's going to be jumping on board as much, but if you say, God, I want to be your hands and feet until the day you take me home. Can you help me with that? I think he's going to be right there to help you. The spirit lives in us. So, of course, he can help us. Well, you know, Michelle, that reminds me of a, a book that I actually uh, reread earlier this year. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called Change or Die. <laughs> it was okay. by Alan Deutschman. So listen to this and everybody listening. What would your answer to this be? Let's say you have a widow maker heart attack. Okay, now. 40% of the time, the first symptom of a Widowmaker heart attack is sudden death. Okay. So like you're, I mean, you're, you've passed on 60% though survive and they are told by their doctor, you have to change your habits or you will die in the next couple of years. Do you know what percentage this is in America of Americans change their lifestyle and their habits after being given that diagnosis? Can't even imagine. What would be your guess? You know, you would think a super high number, like 90%, but I'm going to go with maybe 10%, 20%. You are close. It's actually 7%. And he was like, this cannot be right. So here's what he did. And I got to tell you, I know I'm just telling you because you're going to recognize this because what you do, what God's put on your heart at Faithful Workouts found what Alan Deutschman was so curious about this. He went and studied um, cardiac programs that actually had amazing success, drug addiction, because the you know the the return rate is you know really uh, or the success rate is very low, and also incarceration people that what what do they call that when recidivism right when people go back in so he found two he found multiple programs in each of those areas that had amazing success he said change is hard for humans but there was three themes in every single one of these programs 
in all this, you know, he's not religious, but it all relates to scripture. The first one is you have to have relations. You have to have a support system. You have to be doing this with other people. You have to be able to talk about it. You have to be able to set goals and understand your challenges and be able to talk to people when you maybe have a bad day where you're getting motivation and encouragement. If you don't have that, you, like basically what he's saying is you can't do this alone, right? You got yourself in a bad place emotionally, spiritually, physically on your own. You're not going to get out of it on your own. The second one is there has to be repetition, repetition in practice. You have consistency and that's what you provide in your community. And the other one is you have to reframe how you think about the issue. And it's all about mindset. It's about transforming how you think. It's about uh, looking at uh, your relationship to these things very differently. But if you have all three of those, your chances of success jump up to 90% plus, Michelle. And that's what God's put on your heart. That's what you've created at Faithful Workouts, isn't it? Yeah, I think that reframe part is so important because the majority of people, when they look and they think about, you know, getting healthier, they focus on, I need to lose weight. And, you know, losing weight and getting healthier can go hand in hand, but they can also go in polar opposite directions. So you have to put the focus on getting healthier and the weight will come. Like you'll lose the weight if you focus continually on health over just weight loss. And the biggest area that we need to reframe our thinking is this isn't a short-term quick fix. This isn't this diet. My friend tried this diet and I saw that she lost 20 pounds on it. So I'm going to do this diet. And they do diet after diet after diet. And they might lose some weight, but they put on more. And it's like that, you know, That's kind me, of insanity thing. That, that was yeah, my like you said, for real. Yep. I haven't been on a diet ever. Like, you know what? This is a way that I'm going to eat until the day God takes me home. That's like, this is a lifestyle choice. And the reason it's working like long-term for me is it's not deprivation. It's not, can't do this, can't do that. Like I said, you know, 80% of the time I do eat really healthy. 20% of the time, medium. You know, I'm never going to eat Oreos or things like that that are artificial and all that. But I also have freedom in it. You know, if I want to go out and have a burger and fries and a beer, not a problem. Don't do it every day, but you know, it's okay. And so I feel so much freedom. And the other thing is the only thing that I really don't eat is sugar. Very little, not to say I don't eat it, but I really don't eat much of it. And it's because when I do, I'm so in tune to how my body feels and I don't feel good afterwards. And I choose feeling good over the moment of something tasting good. And so other than that, I feel like I have lots of freedom in it. It's working at, you know, 61. I feel seriously, and I mean this like stronger than I did even in my twenties. I love the way that I get to feel and the energy I have more than the feeling of eating something, you know, that tastes good in a moment. And you have to think about that. This isn't a diet. This isn't a quick fix. This isn't one week and I'm going to get myself in shape. It's like, okay, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And I'm glad I'm happy to do this the rest of my life because I want to feel good. Well, yeah. And let's talk about that. Reframing our mindset around food and exercise. When you have people maybe coming to you for the first time and going, you know what, Michelle, I've you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s and my kids are out of the house now and I really, you know, but I'm working full time and I'm busy and I'm tired a lot. So I really want to get in shape, but I don't know how to even fit it into my schedule. Because, you know, I hear that also about, you know, just our abiding time and our time with the Lord. But what if you, you know, what is the conversations you're having with people to help maybe think about how they're even looking about it differently? Because, like you said, we've been trained our whole life about, a, you know, hey, do a diet or just start going to a gym. But then, you know what, we do it for a week or two and then something comes up or I get the flu and then I just lose the habit. because. And I think part of it is because we've never really set a goal that's really meaningful and worthwhile that we're moving toward versus this short term thing of, hey, you know what, I just I got to lose some weight. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things, John, that so many people lack is having a vision for what their life could be. And that's one of the you know big things that helps with change is to have a clear vision of what it could be. You know, picture yourself in one year from now. 
Like, you know, think about like six months ago, how you were feeling compared to how you're feeling now, John. And it's like to just say, okay, you know what? One year from now, I could be having less aches and pains in my joints. I could have energy where I'm not just hoping there's a moment where I can sleep during the day. I can feel joy more consistently and more peace and less stress. I can actually have excitement over discovering the good works that God has planned in advance for me because I have the energy to go do it. And it's like, have this clear picture of what life could be. And that when you see this picture that is beautiful and like, oh, I want to get there. It, it, that's a first step, I think, that I try to get people to see, because a lot of people say they want to change, but in their mind, what they're really believing is, I'll never change. I will always feel this way. And it's to say, no, with God, you can have a vision of what your life could be. And starting today, you can start your journey to that vision. Now, it's not going to be a perfect up to the right line without any you know, dips and all that kind of stuff. There's going to be days that you feel like you've messed up or you've failed. And um, you know, I love sharing that quote, failure isn't the falling down, it's the staying down. We know we fail. We make mistakes. No big deal. Like tomorrow, start fresh. And so getting them first to believe that they can get there and then to start to say instead of, and this sounds like kind of cheesy, but I'm telling you, it makes a difference. Instead of saying, I have to go on a diet, it's I get to choose healthier. I get to eat healthy food. Instead of saying, I have to exercise, I'm grateful that I have health enough to exercise. I'm grateful that I can still move my body, that I can still stand. And so it's starting to just like that whole reframing. It's just so important. And to get rid of that whole old concept of diet, lose weight, deprivation, who wants to do that? You know, just not fun. Uh, well, I think we've all done it, you know, and, and I think all of us could probably relate, you know, I have the willpower to do it for a, a season, a period of time. And sometimes that season is like, you know, a week. Uh, sometimes it's been a couple of months, but then you're like, I'm exhausted with the, you know, the exertion of this willpower to just try to force this habit change. But I want to bring it back because you said something I think is key to this. And you said with God. Yeah. So when you've gone to scripture, what is that vision that God has for us physically? Let's, let's start there and then we'll talk about how to bring him into the process. Well, you know, I think in John 10, 10, when, you know, Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. And I think we'd all agree that life to the fullest is when we we also feel good physically, when we're connected with him, when we're, we have purpose in life, that's life to the fullest, but it does involve our health, feeling good and all of that. And then it goes on to say, right, but but the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. The last thing that Satan wants is for you to feel good, like physically that he does not want that. He wants to continue to tempt you with things like, oh, you know, that person, what they said about you, that that made you feel bad. But you know what's going to make you feel good? This brownie. It's just this constant like tempting us. Right. And that's what it's really um what he Satan wants is he wants us to eat that stuff that brings shame and guilt, not just the physical effects, but we have shame and guilt associated with it. And so I think we have to just realize that God is on our side. He wants us to have life to the fullest. He cares about our body. You know, don't you know your body's, you know, it's, it's where he lives. It's the temple. There's a cool scripture in Haggai, actually. I don't even know if I say that right. Haggai is what I how I say it. It's a book in the Old Testament. And in it, Haggai says, why are you living in luxurious homes while my home lies in ruins? And this is back when they were rebuilding the temple and the temple was in ruins, but they weren't giving it the attention to fix it and make it better. Well, now where does God live? Where is his temple? Our body. And why are we so busy taking care of all of these other things when his home lies in ruins? And I think those are just some foundational scripture that can first get us to realize he does care about it. You know, I love Romans 12, one kind of the message version. You know, here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're coming, you're going, you're eating and sleeping, you're eating all of it and give it as an offering to me. And if you think of that, the way you're treating your body is, are you being a living sacrifice? Are you giving every part of it to him? Or are you worshiping the God of comfort, 
the God of taste, the God of food. We got to get our minds in this right place of thank you, God, to give me the breath I have today. Thank you, God, for my body. God, help me to treat my body as it is your temple. This is your home. I want to take care of it. Well, I love that. Now, what do we do, you know, day in, day out? Because what we're really talking about here is not only changing our mindset, but changing some of our habits, right? That's mm-hmm. what Alan Deutschman explored in his book is how do people permanently change a habit? And, you know, here's something I, you know, that as I was doing this and over the last six months, I've started saying, okay, that some of those cues, right? Those habits that I have to like, okay, it's the afternoon. I'm a little bit tired. It's a couple hours after lunch. So I'll go in the kitchen and open the fridge because you know what? I wanted to grab something, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, why? Why am I doing this? What is the reward that I'm trying to get out of maybe grabbing some kind of snack? And how can I reframe this? What is a, a different, you know, a true reward? What can I do? So one of the things I started doing is if I get hungry in the afternoon, you know what I'll do? Is I'll go drink a big glass of water and I'll go grab my dog and I'll just go for a five or 10 minute walk. So when I got tired, instead of like having this little rest break where I would eat something, now I have a rest break where I get outside into God's nature, just even if it's five or 10 minutes. And all of a sudden I just started, you know, but here's what I started doing is I would pause and pray and listen. I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to be on this journey to get to the person you created me to be my best self. And what idea do you have for me? So that idea that like, no, John, leave the kitchen, go outside and take a walk and drink a glass of water. I believe that that came in my prayer time. And I think God is there every step of the way to help us. But what are some other things that we can be doing in this journey when we, you know, when we're, we're really trying to change that habit that we've had 30, 40 years to get a different result? Yeah. Um, you know, we've created several plans on version, which is part of the Holy Bible app that talk about a lot of the things you just mentioned, like emotional eating is such a big issue with people. And the challenge, as you mentioned earlier, is the neuropathways that are formed. Mm-hmm. So an event happens or something happens and your the neuropathway leads you into the kitchen. So whether it's you're tired, you're sad, you're scared, it could be you're happy, you want to reward yourself. Your neuropathway leads you into the kitchen. And what you need to do is, like you said, you take a breath, a big inhale and exhale can reset things in our body. And so we take a breath, we say a prayer, God, help me here. And we need to also have a plan of what is going to be that other behavior we're going to now turn to. You drink a glass of water and you go for a walk if you can. And that you have to do over and over, that repetition, like you mentioned, it's a big part of it. You do it over and over, and you're starting to form this new neuro pathway. It's not easy, but it absolutely can be done. It's consistency. And so it's having a plan in advance. It's praying about it before you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then setting yourself up for success. One of the things you know I tell people when it comes to food is to get rid of the unhealthy food in your house. That's a start because when you're going into the kitchen to go get something to eat, if you're turning to some red peppers that are sliced up, not a bad thing, you know, that's okay. But if you're turning to something super unhealthy, that's the problem. And so, you know, I often hear, oh my goodness, I can't get rid of the food in my house because what if my grandchildren come? I said, do you really want to offer your grandchildren food that isn't going to be good for them? Wouldn't that be a great learning opportunity for you to say, you know, the reason I have this in my home is because I love you and I want to be able to be sure to help you, you know, get the right stuff in your body and explain it to them. But it's like, get rid of the unhealthy food. No one needs it. And I'm not saying everything like, you know, right now you'd see, I probably, I have some um, tortilla chips and salsa. That's, you know, a couple of those is okay, but you don't want to have too much unhealthy food in your house because you've got to have take away the temptation pray and then form new neuro pathways and it can be done well you know i love what you're saying it's about optimizing your environment so that you know what we're trying to do to make those changes a little bit easier and i gotta tell you so i was telling don i said you know what this is something i i really need to do and two of my sons said you know what i need to get in better shape So we did exactly what you're talking about. So if you go to my kitchen, the only thing we have is we have vegetables, we have some protein chips, we have some nuts. But if I go to the, you know, the fridge or the pantry now, there is nothing to snack on that wouldn't be a 
healthy snack if I actually really was actually hungry. So now I don't have to make a decision not to have the cookie or not because the cookie is gone. And I got to tell you, that helps. And so and we we told the family, hey, the stuff's not going to be around. We'll make some Christmas cookies. You know, some of those will be around because the kids want that. But we're not making like as many as we used to. And you know what? The boys love it. There was no pushback. And uh, one of my sons, Matthew, who wants to be a, a, a professional baseball player, he's been on, you know what, when I made this commitment, he's done the same thing, Michelle. And wow. he's now lost 20 pounds. His body fat now is exactly where he wants it. He looks so much better. And he's increased his velocity as a pitcher in college. And he's yeah. increased his velocity two miles an hour. So wow. Even small choices we make can then influence those around us, can't they? And then now you have also a support structure and we can start encouraging each other. And my son, you know, he's done much better than I have um, kind of on this journey so far, I guess, short term. But I couldn't be more excited for him. So I'm constantly affirming him and encouraging him. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for the progress he's made. And we got to do that for people around us versus maybe even being like, jealous that you know what wow he's lost more than me goodness like i'm not going to say no. anything i don't know maybe that's my small mind sometimes no i you know in that book you talked about those three things reframe repetition and relationships and relationships yeah it's a huge part studies show that specifically to fitness if you set a goal and you share it with someone and you know that you're going to check back and that person is going to check back in with you in a week. You increase your chance of success by 96%, they said. I mean, it's crazy. Sharing your goal, having someone there who's going to check in on you, who's, you know, in there with you, who wants to come alongside you, that is really, I mean, to me, it's like, why would you not? You know, If I can have that big of an increase, I'm sure it's, you know, going to give that a good old try. That's, that's, so it's so nice that your family's on board. But the other thing is we can't control anyone around us. Like, so, you know, because a lot of times I'll, I'll hear people say, well, it's so hard because my husband does this or my kids do this. And we do have to get to a place where we have to say, okay, this isn't going to be easy. But what my hope and prayer is that I'm going to stay faithful to this journey to better health. And they're going to notice a difference, not in me just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. I'm going to live with more joy and they're going to want what I have. And so you can look at it as like, yeah, it'd be awesome if you'd come alongside me now. But you know what? I am going to stay this course because I care about you know, you coming on board. And the best thing that I can do is show you the joy that comes from me staying committed to a healthier lifestyle. Yes. I just want to highlight a couple of things that you said, because I think, you know, involving God in this, you said creating a vision for yourself. And some of us, you know, we haven't taken the time to do that. And I think it's so important. Here, here's what I found for myself personally. When I link a goal or something I'm moving toward, an objective to what is emotionally important to me that that I'm in partnership and alignment with the Father on. That's when it becomes real. I love this saying, uh, change does not occur until the pain of staying the same exceeds the pain of change. Exactly. Paint this picture for ourselves of what could be the possibilities. Can I tell you a story about a client of mine? Love, yeah. So I'll never forget, I was coaching the CEO. He has 500 employees. He's an overweight guy um, because I uh, got to know him personally. And uh, we were were working on this big plan to restructure the company so that he could sell it. And he shows up for our coaching session and goes, hey, today, John, I want to coach about losing 20 pounds. I'm like, okay, how does that fit in with everything else we're working? This seems kind of off topic. This is what I was thinking in my head. Mm -hmm. He goes, I just don't have the energy I need. So I asked him, I said, okay, well, if you lost 20 pounds, what would that do for you personally? He goes, well, I'd feel better. Okay. If you felt better, what would that do for you? He goes, well, I'd have a little bit more energy. Well, I said, okay, if you had more energy, what would it be? So in this process, Michelle, I felt like we hadn't landed on something that was going to be like meaningful to him at a deep level to facilitate change. I asked him that series of questions. I was starting to feel obnoxious, but it was the yeah. 11th time. Like he was getting almost kind of frustrated with me, but I felt God just tell me to keep asking. The 11th time I asked him the question, he went just dead silent. And literally after 30 seconds, which is feels like an eternity when you're just sitting here, I said, listen, I'm still here. You keep processing. 
it was two minutes and his eyes started welling up and started tearing up and I knew something had happened. And he looks at me, he goes, you know what, John, I've always been overweight. And when my kids were young and they loved to hike and ski and bike, and I'd always make an excuse not to join them. And I missed out on so much of their life because of my, my fitness and my work. And my grandsons were here this weekend and all the kids were here and they went for a hike and I made an excuse not to join them because I knew I wouldn't enjoy it because I'm so out of shape. And that's the real reason. And so now he connected these changes that needed to happen with this vision of his life of being of active, never having to say no, being involved in his kids' lives. And now he's lost about 80 pounds. And I saw him re recently. He's actually part of the halftime community. I know you guys are very involved. And he has kept that weight off this whole time. Now it's been five years since wow. we worked together because that vision was so beautiful and it's, it's opened up so much joy in his life. So I would just encourage people out there to say, what is that habit you need to either add or that habit you need to change? And when you do that, what would that do for you? And this is an area where I know God is going to speak in your life. Don't you think, Michelle? Yeah. And, and you know what? It's interesting. You you said the reason he wanted to change and you gave that beautiful vision for what you had. But then after that, you also mentioned the word joy. And here's what I have, I believe, at the root of all behavior change. If we ask that question, why, why, why? And we got to the very, very like center of it. We want more joy. Because mm. why does he want to do this with his grandkids? Because it will bring him joy. Like, think about it. Think of like when I've led retreats in the past, I'll say to people, Write down why you said yes. And then I'll say, or whatever I'm leading, I'm saying, what, what, what made you come here? And I say, I know the reason every single one of you are here. If you really took it to the very basic, it's because you want joy. And the cool thing is God has created us to long for joy. And then when, when in John 15, where he says, um, Jesus says, you know what? Remain in me, abide in me, stay in my love over and over and over. And he says, I have told you these things, remain in my love. So that your joy, my joy will be in you and your joy will overflow. Mm. And so joy is our really, I believe, the biggest motivator we have in life. And will you have more joy if you can, you know, lose weight and have more energy? Absolutely. And I do think that's still like you need that more tangible vision of what does joy look like played out. But it's joy. Like, that's why we do what we do. Everything we do is based on that desire for joy. Love that. So as people are listening, as they're kind of going through this own process for themselves, it doesn't have to be, you know, long and complicated and drawn out, but keep asking yourself that question until you land on the place that says, you know what, that would increase the joy in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, because hey, I want to dig in a little bit because uh, I want you to share because you're doing such incredible work. Tell us about Faithful Workouts, when you started it and what it's kind of become today and some of the the stories of the women that you've worked with. Yeah. Um, so like I'd mentioned earlier, it started in, in 2009. I kind of call that the, uh, the official kickoff because that's when it first aired on TV. But since then, we've created a website. And um, one thing that God really put on my heart was to just offer this website for free, to give the resources away, because we wanted to take down all barriers that could um, keep someone from you know engaging with the tools we have. And we have a lot of people who come to the website who don't know Jesus, but they come for the exercise or they come for the cooking. It's free. So they just like give it a try. And this is what makes me so happy. How many emails I've received, not only of success when it comes to their physical health, but they say things that just make every cell in my body smile. Like, Michelle, you've taken the gospel message and let it be real in my life. The way that God is using you has brought me into his presence in ways that I never had been. And to hear that, like one lady, she had lost, I want to say it's like 150 pounds, crazy amount. Wow. And I said, um, tell me more. Like, how, yeah, it's like, how's your life different? Something we wouldn't think about. She said, I never had a lap because I was so large. My grandchildren could never sit in my lap, but they can sit in my lap now. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Stories like that. And um, I just really believe that if we cling to a verse from Colossians 1, where it just says, I work really hard at this 
as I depend on Christ's mighty power that lives within me. If we took that scripture and really applied it to like all areas of our life, but really when it comes to this journey that we're on to better health, like you have work to do. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of temptations out there. Like I said, Satan doesn't want you to succeed. There's going to be people in your life, people who you think, you know, they care about you, but they're going to try to pull you off course. They're going to say things like, you're fine. You don't need to do this. God loves us no matter what size we are, that kind of stuff. So you're going to have all these things that are trying to pull you off course. But it's so important that we just say, no, I have, it's going to be hard. Like get myself, you know, get yourself ready. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to have to make some hard choices. I'm going to have to not do certain things that in the past I've turned to, to bring me instant happiness. But you know what? Without his help, without his power, I'm not going to make it. But with his power, watch out. Like to have that attitude in in our life is just to say, I'm going to work hard. And like, you know what? I work really hard in my ministry, but I know I can do nothing of value unless Christ's mighty powers at work. And so I think that's just um, such an, an important place for people to understand. And they're not hearing this in the secular world. They're not hearing about this, even in the churches, that it takes him and you together to make this change that is going to bring you joy and make you that you can be more equipped to do his work. And that's something else that was a really cool thing that only happened like five years ago sitting in church. And I don't know if you guys have ever had these kind of moments when you're either reading your Bible or whatever, but I was in church and a scripture went up on the screen and it was literally like everything blurred in the room. And there was a floodlight on the screen at this verse. And I just said to God, I know you're getting my attention here. What is it? And again, I just hear God in my soul. I just hear him speaking to me. And he said, that scripture that is the mission of faithful workouts. And you know what the scripture was? What? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he just said, I get emotional thinking about it. He said, now go and prepare the workers. Mm. That's what you're called to do. And you know how easy it would be for me to say, who am I? Who am I to go prepare workers for the field, God? I didn't go to seminary. I don't, you know, I my life, I've done so many things, especially when I wasn't walking with you. Who am I to prepare workers to go in the field? But it's like, no way am I going to let Satan have that win on me. I am his child. He's equipped me. And you know what? With him, why not me? And so really at the very core of faithful workouts, I love helping people learn about exercise. I love teaching them about what a healthy diet looks like. Love helping them. But in the real, what I want for me, complete success is someone who's in our program and they have become someone who, you know, they were someone who had shame, guilt, overweight, no confidence, unworthy. And on the flip side, now they have strength, energy, and excitement to go share the love and truth of Jesus with people. And so, you can tell you a little passionate about this, but <laughs> it's just what I know I'm called to do. And I am so grateful that God has given me this purpose in my life. Wow, that, that was so beautiful. And I could tell that was very emotional for you. What, what, where did that emotion come from as you were kind of thinking back on that moment and God saying, Michelle, you're, I want you to partner with me to raise up my people for what's ahead. You know, I I love now the stories in the Bible where he uses people who are so flawed hmm. to do his work. And the fact that I struggled, you know, like with shame and guilt over my past, the things that I had done for many years, the drinking, the partying, the sex, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I struggled with it for a long time. But um, to know that he's like, no, that part of your life is what I needed you to go through to be who I needed you to be today. And um, just a kind of side story about it, but it was such a cool moment. Um, my two sons, they were about like not 21 and 19 at the time. And I had just got done working out and I came into the house and they had these really silly looks on their face. And they said to me, mom, do you want to go smoke cigars? And I was like, what are you talking about? Do you want to go do some shots with us? I'm like, what do you mean? 
Well, they pulled out their phones and they had found the old photo album. That photo album I knew I should have thrown away many years ago. They had saw my photo album. They had taken some pictures on their phones of my old photos. Those photos that I had shame and guilt over and had been working so hard to be Was set free. Was this smoking a cigar and like drinking? Yep. Uh, you name like it, John. The pictures. Yeah, they were not pretty. Oh, my word. Not pretty pictures. And um, I just looked at the boys and I walked away and I said, God, please, I don't want to go back to this. I don't want to go back to shame and guilt. Help me, help me, help me. And he said to me, Michelle, isn't it because of those old photos that you don't judge people when they come to you now with things like this? You're a lot more open and understanding because of the way you lived. Yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah, I am. And then he said the sweetest thing. He said, you know what? Your photo album looks different now. Mm. Oh, and he's like, I'm not looking for a perfect life. I'm just looking for some photos that really give, you know, more of who I created you to be. And it was such a powerful moment to say, you know what? I'm not going to be ever limiting what God can do through me. It doesn't matter about my past. It doesn't matter what I've done today. You know, I am going to cling to the fact that he can use anything for his glory. And it was so cute because one of my sons, Quinn, who you know, John, he came out looking for me in the yard. He sat down next to me and he put his big old arm around me and he said, Mom, I think I love you even more now. Oh. And that's sweet. I know. So it's just like, God, people need Jesus. This world, I truly believe, will be changed only by more of us feeling confident, feeling physically strong, getting close to him, to this place where we can't help but tell people about him because it's like the best thing that's ever happened to us. That is why I get emotional about this because I I want people to know him, not the way some people think they know him, but the real Jesus who can look at the God who looks over the entire world, but lets you know he sees you. And he is with you and he's ready to go through life with you. And people don't know that. And that makes me sad. And so it also motivates me. Well, and think about this too, because I never understood unconditional love until I was literally at my accident in the presence of God. And when I was first in his presence, laying there after this horrible accident, and I felt it was emanating from him. He was standing next to me. It was flowing off of him. And I remember it changed my life in an instant because as soon as I felt it, Michelle, I knew that anything and everything I'd ever done in my life, good, bad, or ugly, was not even relevant. It was gone. God loved me because he created me. He knows me. He knew I was going to do all those things. He didn't care because he knows who he created in me and just the beauty and the perfection and the the relationship that was there and it was this process to separate i think about this concept of shame and i started thinking about it in the context of identity my identity in christ and you know i've done you know certain things in my past and in the past i saw that as a reflection of who i was like my character my identity right like i did that because i'm a bad person or i did that because i have no self-discipline And God said, no, 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 you're deceived. You made a choice to take that action. That has no reflection of how I see you. That is not who I see. That's not who I created you to be. So maybe you can have, you know, some guilt around that, which is you did something wrong, but that's not a reflection of who you are or who I see you to be. And it was this process that just started shedding these layers of of shame that I believe the enemy has just he he doubled down on those over and over and over because he knew that if he could keep those in place he could keep me from having this deep authentic love relationship with Jesus and yeah. as God shed all that stuff away the joy in my life just blossomed Michelle and that's what you're talking about is you're mm-hmm. talking about taking women through faithful workouts in, in you know the working out and the nutrition is the platform, but that is kind of the what. But the why is this full, beautiful, joyful relationship with the Lord that opens up uh, those works that He's prepared for us, those good works in partnership with Him to live that life fully alive. Uh, oh my gosh, that's just beautiful. Yeah, it's just um, 
I just feel like it's just needed in this world, like authentic conversations about how he's changed our life. And I know you said when you were laying there, you felt fully loved. And, you know, he's put that longing in every heart to be fully loved, to be fully known and fully loved. And he's the only one who can do that for us. And so the problem is that not many have really experienced it. So they struggle. The biggest struggle I think that can come in people's way of seriously making change is people pleasing. They are so concerned about what people think and they so need the love of people because they haven't experienced his the fullness of just his love. Like, I don't need anyone to love me. I'm not going to say that I'm going to, of course, I'm not going to be a jerk and I don't want it, but I am not doing this so people love me because I have enough love. And that's what can change you. You don't want to, you struggle with people pleasing. The only way to be free from it, I believe, is to know you're so loved by the one who created you and everything else that you don't need their love. Sure, you you, you want to help them. You love them, but you don't, you don't need it. And so they're not influencing the way you make your choices each day or the things you're doing or not doing. So it's like, it's so amazing that you felt that fullness of his love just in that moment. And that it's, you know, like you, that will radically change everybody, you know? I remember the first thought I had when I felt it laying there, I didn't even know how bad my body was crushed at the time. My first thought was, huh, I'm not worthy of somebody loving me like this. So think about what was even happening in that moment. That was my yeah. false identity, my created identity, still almost rebelling or even trying to deny this love, but the love was undeniable. Mm -hmm. and oh my yeah. gosh, did that open up a whole new world? And yeah, folks, I got to tell you, this area of our lives, I believe, you know, what is the biggest asset we have as humans, as individuals? I think number one is that relationship with Christ, but number two is yourself, your body, who you are, how you think, how you equip yourself, the shape that you're in. Right. I think the, the if you're married, I think our third biggest asset is our spouse. Donna is my superpower. And I, Michelle, I know you and Jeff feel that way about each other. And yeah. the fourth biggest asset is our time. And we were talking about this before we get started, because I was trying to fit this into my very busy schedule. I'm building a company. I'm on a couple boards. I have three kids. You know, there's a lot going on. And just changing some of my habits around finding the time to do this was a struggle. And then I, uh, we were talking about this earlier, Michelle, and I said, you know what? One hour a day, one divided by 24 hours is 4%. Am I willing to devote 4% of my time to move into that life fully alive, both with my focusing on my emotional, spiritual, and physical health? And Michelle, how have you helped people who kind of have that same resistance to starting something like this, like I did mm -hmm. start to kind of just even reframe how they look at their time. Well, I think one thing is, you know, the one I can tell everyone, we all have the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours. No one varies on this. Like we all have 24 hours in a day and we have choices to make how we spend that time. And so you may come to me saying, I don't have time. But in reality, what you're saying is this isn't a priority because when's the last time you didn't have time and just never went to the bathroom for 24 hours or you didn't uh, have time to take off your pajamas and put on your clothes for your meeting? Like you prioritize things and you make time for them. And I get it. Some people, it, it, it life is busy. Life's busy for me. It's you know, we all have got full schedules, but what you have to realize is if you can give even 30 minutes, like 30 minutes is a big crossover for the amount of time for exercise. If you can give 30 minutes, five times a week, that's 150 minutes, not a lot, right? Two and a half hours. So it's only 2% of your time. But if you can give that to exercise, you will actually accomplish more. 30 minutes of exercise, they say, yields an hour and a half more of productivity to your day because of the way you feel, the energy you have, the amount that, you know, the space that you can move and all of that. So in reality, you don't have time to not work out. Like you have to work out if you, you know, want to do this. And the other thing is to really understand and value it. You have to be able to make the connection to something you're trying to prioritize, like exercise, to how it's going to affect your overall life and your joy. And once you really start to see and believe that this will impact what happens the rest of my life, if how I use 
2% of my time can greatly improve the other 98%, I think we're going to be more likely to put it in. The other thing I say is you've got to schedule it. This is super practical, but pull out your phone. Show me when are you going to do your workouts this week? Write down the time. Know what you're going to do. If you don't schedule it, you're never going to sit there one day and say, hmm, I've got nothing else to do. I guess I'll exercise. It's scheduling. It's, again, setting yourself up for success. Having a meal plan. We have tons of quick meal plans on our, our website that are all free, grocery lists, you know, getting it all laid out, knowing what you're going to do. So, again, having a plan is one of the most important things for time saving and for actually doing it. So I'll say to some people like, hey, if you really struggle with working out in the morning, sleep in your workout clothes, <laughs> Make it like you're going to wake up, like whatever it takes. I, I love um, Craig Rochelle wrote a book called The Power to Change. And yeah, he talks about awesome. like, yeah, layering something over a habit that's already in place. So for instance, you get coffee every morning, put your Bible on top of the coffee machine. If you're trying to read your Bible consistently. Or, you know, doing things that are layered on top of each other. So, okay, once I, um, every time I, you know, get done brushing my teeth, the very next thing I'm going to do is go exercise or whatever it is. Like you layer these habits that are already there with a new habit you're trying to start, which is also a great way to keep it because consistency is important. And, um, you know, also just asking yourself the question, how will I feel if I exercise? How will I feel if I choose this food over that food? How will I feel in an hour. Well, I feel good about that, you know, and just being able to take that and go, okay, in the moment I want this, but the right thing to do is this. And what I, people have told me is it's amazing how once they start choosing the right thing over what feels good in the moment in the way that they care for their body, they see it happening in other areas of the, their life, the way they're interacting with other people, the way they're, you know, serving others. And just, it, it really does kick it off to a better way of living in all areas. Well, I love what you said there. Even, you know, just small wins. Cause I read Craig Rochelle's book, Michelle, that's in our book I read about six months ago. So one of the things that I did in the morning is I would get up to my morning routine. And as soon as I brushed my teeth, um, well, I'm just, you know, right out of bed. And I knew I had a busy day and I had to get up early and get to, a, you know, uh, something I was doing with a client at a minimum like in the beginning, I was so out of shape. I would do 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups, but I did it every single morning. And then that grew to 25 push-ups. I, could, I couldn't do 25 at first. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, and my body would shake because my core was so weak. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm not doing this if anybody, if my wife came in and I don't want her to see my whole body shaking, trying to do, and yeah. then I could do two sets of 25 push-ups and sit-ups you know, that became this habit. Then I said, okay, now I'm going to start going to the gym. Or I'm going to start walking around. But I took this little habit of just doing something small and then started building on it. And now yeah. six months later, right? I, I love it. It's, uh, I can't remember who had the quote, but uh, somebody said, you know what? We completely under or overestimate what we can do in a year, but completely um, underestimate what we can accomplish in 10. Yeah. Because it's just small little habits that change over time. But but yeah, that's um absolutely starting out small and then growing from it because you have to be able to give yourself kind of a success. Like yeah. I did it and that felt good. And now I'm going to add a little bit more and a little bit more because too often we set these huge goals. And the other thing and the reason I love what our program offers is that, you know, a lot of times we're like, I don't have the time to drive to the gym, do the hour workout, drive back, but, 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 you know, I don't have time, so I'm not going to exercise. But our videos, we have we have 10 minute videos up to an hour, but you're not, you can do them right there in your home. And they're just, you know, they make it easy for you. It just push a button and go. You don't have to think it's all right there for you. And in a way, you get that spiritual component in not saying that you shouldn't be sitting quiet and reading your Bible at times as well, of course, but it's Christian music. There's a devotional that I share at the end of almost every workout and during it. So it's like, I try to make it that for those who are really tight on time, I've made it easy. Like just come and push play. And there's a, you know, you can filter exactly what kind of workout you want, how long it should be, all of that. So we got to make it easy. We got to start small. We got to be consistent. We need to bring someone in and ask them to help us and, you know, hold us accountable and all of those are just saying, you know, those are what we need to do if we want to, you know, 
beat the odds when it comes to making, you know, long-term lasting healthy changes. Well, I love it. So guys, faithfulworkouts.com, the workouts are there, meal plans, shopping lists, devotionals. It's There's no charge for any of that. What other resources are on there, Michelle? Oh, we have the the Reignite book, which is a 12-week study you can do. We have um, just a little short, if you ever need like a short little inspiring message. We have cooking tips. Our Fresh Table is our cooking show. And it's really kind of fun to watch. Like I have other people who often join me, but you know, I'm not just teaching you how to cook. I'm also talking a lot about how to use your home and see your home as God's home and how to use the table as the best place you, you know to disciple someone or to talk to people and share your faith. So it's a lot more than just here's how to cook, but it does help you with that as well. So try to just so many different resources for everybody. And, and then our retreats, you know, I'm excited that you and Donna are going to be coming on our Italy retreat. Um, we've heard- yeah, Me too. And we're hiking, what, between seven and 19 miles a day. So we have a big fitness goal yeah. in the next six months, but I could not be more- excited for the journey leading up to this retreat and, and pilgrimage. So it's going to be amazing. Because so many, so often, you know, we go to these retreats or conferences and we have a weekend where we're like hearing all this information and we're like, yeah, this is great, but it's in our head. And what happens on our, especially the retreat pilgrimage combination is we have kind of a three-day intensive of more, you know, discussions and teachings and um, that, but then you go and you walk and you have quiet and it seems for so many, and definitely for me, the information in my head with each step I take and like quiet and being out in God's beautiful creation, I just feel it dripping from my head to my heart and then from my heart out into every cell in my body because I have time to let him do that. And it's a powerful combination. My husband and I would say in our you know, 30 combined years of ministry, it's where we see the, the most transformation happen. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, you know, in in this crazy, busy, over-caffeinated Mach 5 world that we're in, how often do we just take time to just hit pause and take a day or two days or even a week and just focus on being in God's presence and listening and doing some of that deep work that we all need to do? And it's such a beautiful gift that we can just give ourselves that God wants us. God's waiting for us to just you know, show up and just spend time with them. And I love that you guys create those spaces for people. And we couldn't be more excited. This is our, our first time Don and I have ever done something like this. And what we're excited about is creating, you know, we're we're moving into this whole new season of being empty nesters. This is, I think, been a, a, a challenging um, transition, especially for Donna, because being a mom and grandma has just been so fulfilling. And what we're excited about is creating this whole new vision for us each individually for us as a couple and for our family that's really what we're kind of thinking and praying about now and that might that might get a little more focused or some clarity around it as we're praying into it as what god's doing in our lives leading up to this but uh man I'm so excited you and jeff are just such amazing people and as we wrap up michelle everybody listening all over the world what are just some final thoughts that you you'd like to leave with everybody you know, I would just so encourage you to right now be hopeful. Like, I, you know, you may be thinking, well, yeah, this works for other people. But, you know, I've tried in the past. Just don't limit what can come into your life, how you can be used, the way that you can live, the choices you can make. Don't limit it by the past. Mm. Your history, I love that, that, you know, your history doesn't have to be your destiny. Mm. So one, to be hopeful, to go into this with a new attitude saying, why not me? Why wouldn't it be me who could really make these consistent lasting changes? And um, to hold on to God's hand, like just don't let go and um, he'll guide you. And to know and take the time to create and see what that vision of your life, what do you want your life to be? And then really like, okay, what are the things I need to do if this is where I want to be and invest into it? You know, we so often don't make the space for the things that really matter. And now it's time to switch that. Like what really matters is our, our faith, right? Our health, the other stuff will fall into place even easier when we get these two things, when we're grounded in those two areas. So 
I am here to help any way I can. I am so excited for you. And I hope you are that this could be literally, you know, that the first day of the rest of your life, the first day of the rest of the way that you make choices and the rest of the way, you know, the days that you live. So um, I'm really hopeful for all of you. That was beautiful. Michelle, thank you so much for who you are and the work you're doing in the world. And I pray that God continues to just bless and grow what you're doing. And everybody out there listening, take action. Don't let this just be a, wow, that was a great, that was a great conversation. And there, you know, I, I'm going to get to that. You know what? Make a choice in, in the next day or two, do one small thing differently and also do this. I know you have some people that need to hear what Michelle shared today. So just take this podcast and forward it to them and say, you know what? I heard this. It was amazing. I'm going to be taking some action on this in my life. And you know what? I need some wingmen. I need somebody to be on this journey with me. And I'd love for that to be you. Would you be willing to be, hold me accountable and maybe be on this journey with me? And you know what? Build that team, plug into faithful workouts and you know what? Do this in community. And I'll guarantee you, your life will be different in a few short months. Trust me. So Michelle, thank you, man. This has been awesome. And so excited to spend more time with you coming up. Yeah. Thanks so much, John, for letting me on on this podcast with you. You're such an easy guy to talk to. (laughs) So are you. You're awesome. All right, everybody. Keep knocking them alive out there and God bless. 